Welcome to Marsha's Plate, a black trans inclusive feminist podcast. A place where we know that not everybody is invited to the cookout. And we also know that every single day is a brand new day and we have the power to make a difference today. So let's do this. Brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to turn it all around again. It's a new day, brand new day, make it better than yesterday. You can always find a way to start over again. With the sunrise, you can start over again. You can make it better than yesterday. It's a new day. It's a new day. There's a way you can turn it around. Trust me, there's a way out. There's more time. Just don't give up. When the sun rises on a new day, you got another chance. Yeah, 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 If you want to join the conversation, you can hashtag Marsha's Plate. You can follow us on most social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. Just search for Marsha's Plate, M-A-R-S-H-A-S-P-L-A-T-E. Y'all ready? Let's get started. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, hey, what's going on? Oh, my God. So I have been... In court all motherfucking day. Oh, Lord. What you been in court for? What you done done? I ain't done nothing. It's the state that I live in that is full of shit. So sometimes we got to be in court with their motherfucking ass. <laughs> what is Texas doing? What are they not doing? So, of course, we, we have heard about it. Um, about the drag band that Texas, that Judge Abbott has put up for um you know for everybody and how it's affecting everybody so to today was the final trial hearing here in houston <clears throat> for texas folks to who, who are who are suing the state to stop the sb12 from going forward and becoming law and you know to stop drag for performers I, I just want to to make sure I'm on I'm on track. I'm keeping up. Um, so the drag there have been drag queens or gender non-conforming people who have been um, filing lawsuits to stop the drag ban. Yes. And today was the last day. Today is the last day of the trial. All right. So the ACLU of Texas. Shout out to my girl Oni. So she's the executive director of. ACLU Texas, we uh, most of the executive directors in Texas, we all do work together. And so we know each other personally, we hang out, we know, we know what's going on with each other. So it is just something that whatever work that each individual of us is doing, we come to support. So only hit me up um, last week and said, hey, yo, it's the last day of trial. I need you to come and support because we know you got to get the gab. They call Brianna Jenkins because you know she's Esquire, <laughs> Esquire yeah. Jenkins. You know she got her. She's she was laughing the Rice Project, so they know we got to give the gap. So if somebody talks to anybody, it's gonna be people who know what to talk about. It's gonna be the Woodland Pride. That is the Woodlands is like a suburb of um, 
Houston, and but it's like um, in another county, the county north of us, which is um, Montgomery County. Um, we're Harris County. And so it's the Woodland, Woodland Pride. It is the Abilene Pride Alliance. It is the Extra Grams LLC, 360 Queens Entertainment LLC, and one of the drag formers, Bridget Bandit. SB 12 is an unconstitutional law that violates the First and Fourth Amendment rights of everybody involved because it threatens the livelihood and free expression of many of Texas, including drag performers. The ban targets any performance that could be perceived as sexual and proposes criminal penalties, which is a $10,000 fine and jail time, um, including up to a year in jail time for artists or others who support them. So it's not just the drag performers, it's the people who are putting on the event, like say that you have a pride event and you have drag performers there, they can be charged with these fines and be aided abetting these illegal things. It can be the club owner of the drag club that you're doing. So the, the facility who owns a facility, they are they can get charged with this. Um, it is um, anybody who is putting on a drag show. It doesn't matter where it is. If you are putting on a drag show, you can be potentially fined and jailed because you are doing this. The, it is very crazy. The law is written in a way that could censor a large number of constitutional protections through performance. Things that we've already fought to protect when we think about like Broadway plays, um, anything that anything that involves any sort of cross-dressing, any sort of gender bending, like think about how, you know, somebody might be dressed up in a play on a in a comedic situation, they could literally <laughs> attack them and charge them and ban them and not and, and and put them in jail and find them for doing that performance so um, no stage versions of mrs doubtfire in texas huh definitely not that at all anything like that they can they can come after you you have to think about this this is a strategy so we know that um you know this is the last breath of Republicans and white supremacy and all these kind of things. Not saying that it won't transform into something else, but it is it is like, you know, we're turning into a browner country where we the majority is about to be brown folks <laughs> over, over the next 10, 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so so what's happening is they're just I feel like they're just throwing things in the wall, throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. And this is one of them. And because the trans issue is a big issue, what we feel, what we have talked about multiple times, um, tra trans people who are in activist spaces and strategizing around these things here in Houston, what this is, what this is doing, because they are attacking medical as well, healthcare, medical as well. Yeah, that's one part of it. Actually, yesterday we won, so I don't want y'all to be worried about that. We actually won. They ruled in our favor. <laughs> so, so uh, another thing I gotta let y'all know before I'm, I'm going all over the place, but I want y'all to catch everything. We are beating they motherfucker ass here in Texas. So we want y'all to be very, very clear. We we know we talk about this stuff going on, but in the past year since twenty years since twenty twenty, when they tried to put all these legislation stuff up we usually win them 
we usually win most. And the ones that we don't win are some shit that they can't even enforce. It's some bullshit. But most of the serious stuff, we got badass motherfucking lawyers, queer lawyers that is ready and willing to fight and down for the cause and know how to do their job. And th today in the courtroom was no exception. You clearly saw that the right wing Republican and state lawyers didn't, were not prepared. And our side was prepared, ready, and just wearing it out and with guns blazing, ready to do our thing. So I want y'all to be very, very clear that we are out here winning most of the stuff that we are bucking up against. So this is the trial for this particular drag band. And the funniest moment <laughs> that, I gotta, that I just have to talk about in the beginning of the show, the most hilarious moment is that the executive director, the owner of 360 Queens, so his setup for his business is his father owns a restaurant. And so they have expanded the restaurant to where there is a patio outside of the family um, Mexican style restaurant. There's a patio where they put drag performances in. Ah. And so his father has been owning it. And it's like a it's like a longstanding restaurant that his father has owned. And he talked to his dad, loved drag. His dad and mom loved drag race. Him and his husband, they're two gay men, loved drag race. So they went, came together and was like, hey, why don't we start putting a drag show on certain days at the restaurant? Two Latinx family trying to make that coin. I live. The, the way they described it, it was like, oh, that's sick. He's cute. So they, they, so they start doing this drag 360 where they're just doing um, drag performance while everybody is eating um, at now it's outside of the restaurant but connected to the restaurant so you have to buy tickets to get in this area now you can see the drag performance from the inside of the restaurant but to actually be in there and engaging with the performance you gotta buy tickets mm. and so it's only certain days so this is a part of their business and so the owner's gripe was this law will make it you know will cause a problem for me and my people they've all people it will it will embolden people to do stuff to to do negative stuff to my business meaning that it's already caused people who because of the rhetoric on the right people will call the will come to my restaurant just to call the police on me there won't be there's no effects because there's no laws that we are breaking but when this go into effect it will be a law that we are breaking Mm-hmm. And so um and so they asked the, the the lawyers on their side asked him like what type of you know what basically asked what's inappropriate, like why what type of inappropriate stuff that they are they doing and what do you consider inappropriate? And um are these dances sexual when they were talking about what the drag queens do, blah 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 blah. And and everybody was like, well, it could be perceived as sexual. It depends on what you, what they do, like twerking. Some right-wing nut job could easily say, oh, this is sexual and lewd. But to us, it's just dancing. It's not nothing. So he's, when he said twerking, the, <laughs> the lawyer was like, what is twerking? <laughs> they, everybody knew what it was, but they're trying to get him to say it to be like, oh, this is some ass shaking shit. You feel what I'm saying? 
said, I would have been ready, honey. I would have said it's um, ancient African tribal dancing that that they've basically brought into new age pop culture. And he did. So wait, let me give what he popped. So he was like, oh, it's actually just shaking your buttocks to the beat. This is what he said first. He said, but some people, some some people think it's, it's cultural. It is, it is a call back to their ancestral heritage with the dancing. So everybody is like, yeah, like where the hell? And so they he and the the man asked him, what cultures is this? Now, this is a black man uh-huh. on the opposite side, the only uh-huh. black man over there. All the other black people on our side, of course, but the only black man over there, and he's one of the not the lead lawyer. But like the second, but he's the one who asking all the questions. And so um, his name is Jonathan Stone on LinkedIn, if you want to see the, yeah. the sellout. <laughs> so he um, so he asked, um, what people think that this is cultural? Twerking is cultural. And he was like, black people. <laughs> the, the, the witness. Black people. Yes. And he was at the, the the now mind you, he's Latinx and the judge the, the lawyer that's asking him is a uh, black. And he right. was like, What black people were saying that that's ancestral? Oh, uh, and we, we we you know we in the audience, so we can't really say we can't be loud, but we are like all of us child. Yeah. <laughs> all the ones that know what's up. Maybe not your I boo. would say I was I would have said, honey, all of the um all of the researchers and historians and educators that I know of the diaspora. Maybe not your coon ass, but okay. the, the rest of us, we we feel like it's ancestral and we not the only ones. It's not just right. black people, but you know, that's who he was referencing. Baby, do you know this man told that Latinx dude to get up from the witness stand and show uh, them what twerking was? Shut are you bitch, I, if I, I wouldn't have believed it if I was not there in the stands, bitch. Baby, the whole room cackled. Like, I, how, what is happening right now? In the floor. I would have been in the floor, honey. I would have been um, content to court. I would have had to <laughs> get out. Because, baby, <laughs> I would have screamed, honey. We all did. We all gagged because... On a, on a certain level, it's ridiculous. What is happening? So that part is like ridiculous for you to ask him to do that. That's number one. But also, this, when I look, I don't want to judge a book by its cover, but when I, when I but my, my assumptions were correct, but <laughs> I don't want to judge a book by its cover, but this is, doesn't look like somebody who really knows how to twerk. Uh-huh. And he says, I don't really know how to twerk, but I can show you how I, how I see it being done. And so he literally gets gets off the stand and puts his hands on his knees. That's <laughs> <and> works. <laughs> Lord. Oh my goodness, honey. So I before he does it, I laugh. I said, oh, because the judge says, um, the judge says, um, the judge says, well, I, you know, I don't know what twerking is. So I, and you know, this is an old white man with gray hair. Oh, he was like, I don't know what target is, so I would like to see what it is because we're talking about what are lewd act. That's the kind of what is lewd, what is sexual, all that kind of stuff. And so he does it, and but, but before he does it, I say, now nah, I'm being messy. I said, I'll show y'all what it looked like. I'll do it. 
Everybody started busting out laughing, the whole court. <laughs> they did. If that was recorded, honey, baby, it's going to be vibing. <laughs> so that was hilarious. But he does get up and show him what his version of twerking is. And it was like what I suspected a regular, you know, dude don't know really know how to twerk. twerk. Um, so they went into that. Then that it just was these whole little things. So they had these little cases where um, these pictures where, you know, somebody had um, just rare little inappropriate. You know, if you go to a drag show, some, there might be something that might be inappropriate for kids. But they kept on talking about wardrobe malfunction. And everybody was like, nobody is ever like new. Nobody is ever pussy dicks out titties out nobody is a day not, at, least at, a drag some, show. not at a drag show you got on so many foundation garments and Dance skins and oh my goodness and um you know even the drag queens even when they have on skimpy stuff or anybody any performer when they're wearing skimpy stuff they even have on like tights and leggings so the real leg skin isn't actually even exposed and even some moments like i remember like some girls like especially the trans drag girls they'll come out with pasties on their titties and mm -hmm. you know pussy pieces on a on a kitty cat you're not seeing no kind of genitalia um then they were talking about a couple of things that they were talking about they was like well what would be showing and and they were like, well, the buttocks, but we couldn't say nothing, but we're in the audience like, but it don't be bare ass cheeks. They'll be in dead skins, hip pads. It, it don't be just bare ass cheeks like that. So come on now. So that's number one. Then they were talking about, well, is there some kind of a malfunction that could happen that will show breasts? And then, it, but, but they weren't going into detail. Actually, if the prosthetic, because they were talking about prosthetics moving and maybe some accident happened. If the fake titties come out on a on a sign mail at birth drag queen, you gonna see a man's nipples. You ain't gonna see no titties. You gonna see a man's chest. And that's <laughs> legal to be out in the public. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a bunch of weird stuff that they were navigating. And uh, it just was kind of annoying for uh, just, if I was sitting in that audience thinking, how much money are we spending on every on both sides, our side and their side, of hours of taxpayers' money, of state funds to pay for this shit? So we literally are sitting in this in this courtroom watching people twerk as a as a as a as an exhibit of what type of dances that drag queens are doing. Like, get it's the hell out of here! This is ridiculous. It's a hopeful. And we stayed in there from, we started, the, the core started at 10.30 and we left at 6. So this whole day was about, you know, just the statue and who it will affect, how would minors accidentally see it, just some fucking bullshit. And it was parents, and they kept on talking about parents and, and that's which is why i think the judge is on our side because if he kept bringing up things like this sounds like a parental if the parents are okay with this this because everybody's saying most of the stuff is 18 and up but sometimes they're at events like in a park or at a pride where there'd be a drag show and parents are giving permission to their kids to be there are bringing their kids on their own and if they have the, if they're having parental permission then what the hell are y'all doing? That's what it felt like that they that he 
he was leaning towards in the conversation. So I think tomorrow is the last day. Today was the start, the start of the final final trial, and tomorrow is the last day. It's just one more, um, one more witness. Really, half of her because she did half today, and then they have to do they have to cross examine her, and so she did really really good. She was the only drag performer that was there, um, um, and so it's I. I I feel like we're going to win this as well. So I'm 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 optimistic. It sounds like it's going good and it's supposed the the ban is supposed to go in effect September 1st. That's where they're trying to stop it from going into effect. Period. So that's what they're doing. So that's what I did all yesterday. I'm excited to go back tomorrow and see how it turns out. And yeah, I love I love I love the experience. It was so I I've, I've been in so many courtrooms for shit, but this was a one that was quite funny because of the ridiculousness of the nature. Baby, it sounds like something off of SNL, a SNL skit. <laughs> but it's crazy to me because in all of this, all I hear is how it's not really about the children. If it was really genuinely about the children and about the safety of the children and about uh, censoring adult activity from children, then it would have nothing to do with gender nonconforming. It wouldn't have anything to do with uh, trans people. It would have everything to do with the children. And we wouldn't be just talking about drag shows. We would be talking about, you know, having children out after certain hours in, in various places, um, taking children to Las Vegas, having them walk up and down the strip. Um, yeah, I've I've seen children in a lots in lots of places, including dispensaries, um, where I didn't think that that they should be. And this conversation should be a lot more broad, a lot less specific. Um, not just if they want to protect the children, but if they genuinely wanted to win. I don't I don't think it's ever been about taking our rights. Um, I definitely think that they would if they had the opportunity to. But I always thought that it was more about sending a message. I think you're right in a sense. I think the message is it riles. It's it's about the it riles up their base. It riles up the the message that it's not mm -hmm. really necessarily about winning. It's about the message that's being conveyed. Look, they're grooming children. It gets people hyped up about the trans people in that, which is why we see. Why these these the plaintiffs were saying there are people who have called the police on us. Any other years before this ban shit was happening, nobody was calling the police on us doing drag. It's it from a psychological standpoint that that's exactly the message that I was referring to is that it sends the message to people psychologically, you know, um, conditioning. It conditions yeah. people to believe that this is inappropriate. It, it 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 conditions people to believe that it's it's okay to harm us. You know, it dehumanizes us. You know, it literally makes our existence illegal. What what does that do other than dehumanize a person? And I also it erases what we have worked for so for so long. Because mm -hmm. I was talking to one of the reporters when I was coming out of the courtroom, and I was telling them at the um, Texas Tribune. And I was telling them, I said, what you also got to understand that I wish they would have touched on a little bit more is that drag queens is part of this, the fabric of our movement. 
from getting it kicked off when we think about Compton Cafeteria riots, any kind of riot that was happening in, in the 60s, the sex-based, sex in, in, uh, not sex-based, um, sexual orientation-based or gender identity-based, the whole movement of gender non-conforming people in the 60s, that was, that was the undercurrent of what was happening while the overcurrent was the civil rights movement. There was a sexual liberation movement happening as well. And mm -hmm. in those spaces, the people who were on the front lines of, of these rebellions were drag queens, trans people, people who were not um, conforming and hiding in the closet like typical gay men. You feel what I'm saying? It was the film, it, the, the, like the mass gay men. It was the femme gay men. It was the transsexuals. It was the drag queens. It was those hyper femme people who could not, who were so queer, quote unquote, that they couldn't hide it. It was mm -hmm. those people that they were battling. So that's mm -hmm. the beginning of the revolution. But also you fast forward to, you know, the AIDS epidemic. It was drag queens who were fundraising for people who didn't have insurance that was dying. They were, it was drag queens who was giving benefits to be able to bury people with dignity. It was drag mm -hmm. queens who, it was drag shows and drag queens that was one of the funding sources to get things done when they talk when it's when they were when we we're talking about taking care of our community drag has always been a tool to fundraise and help us push to help community but also push our agendas forward like drag has always been a part of it. and then fast forward to nowadays yes you know rupaul there's some problematic things with rupaul but drag race has become a cultural phenomenon Mm -hmm. It has become something that is super, super major, a part of the the culture of uh, of America, and mm -hmm. it is just something that's really, really important when it comes to um, taking it from this kind of underground thing that you know is at the gay clubs and blah 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 to something that to an art form that that is now a, is a part of our culture, winning multiple Emmys, even slaying getting Emmys with with this particular show. For me, I feel like. As somebody who is like a my a self proclaimed historian, I, I think it's important to give um, drag its rods in that sense because it is a part of the fabric of our culture. Not only just oh, just an art form, just this is just what they do to have fun. No, it has been a tool to push our agenda forward to get us where we are today. A yeah, milestone. And to add to your point, um, even to this day, whenever people pass away, um, whether they need the money or not, we have the memorial the, uh, beneficial today when when people pass away, whether they need the money or not, whether they're insured or not, we still do memorial shows. We do the, the memorial drag shows and the coins usually typically go to the family or the yeah. people closest to um the drag queen or the person in the community who passed away i talk about ballroom a lot but i do have a bit of history um i am a part of a, a drag family as well and the drag community they basically scoops me up when i was going through one of the hardest periods of my life i was homeless drug addicted and they scooped me up and they gave me an outlet to make money just by being myself I love that. Y'all tell us what y'all think about this drag ban um, and what y'all think about drag in your own in your own community. How has how has drag 
been incorporated in your particular um, area? How important is it in the culture, in your LGBT culture? How important is it? How, how has it affected your life? Tell us, tell us how drag has affected you. Um, hashtag Marsha's Play. You're listening to Houston's own MP Trans 101. Now listen, I know that what is basic Trans 101 for me could just be the beginning for you. So this is for your basic ass. basic <laughs> for me in this life could be just the beginning for you. So this is a trans one-on-one where we are going to discuss the difference between a transgender person and a drag queen. All right. Simple. It's really, really simple. Well, first of all, we're going to do a mini trans one-on-one. Transgender is an adjective. It is not a noun. So saying a transgender is actually weird. It's like saying a black. <laughs> One of those blacks. <laughs> it's weird. You should say transgender to describe a noun. So a transgender person, a transgender woman, a transgender man. Transgender is a adjective that describes a noun. So you shouldn't be saying um, the transgenders. <laughs> so, all right, that's a mini trans 101. So, let's talk about the difference between transgender and drag queen. Drag queen is a noun. That is a noun, but not transgender. Anyway, so put simply, transgender refers to a person's gender identity and authentic, lasting sense of self. So, it doesn't go away. You don't take it off. It is one sense of self, it is their identity. In contrast, drag is an art form where there is a temporary and deliberate exaggerated performance of gender. There are drag kings and drag queens, and usually these people are putting on costumes, sometimes but not always, opposite of their gender, to express in an exaggerated way the gender that they are performing as. So let's take RuPaul, for example, the most famous drag queen in the world. Undeniable. RuPaul is a black cisgender man, gay man. And he puts on costumes, wigs, rhinestones, jewelry, all these amazing things to perform this womanly exaggerated character of gender. This is the classic and one of the most common combination, a gay man dressing in drag. Now, while this is the classic combination, there are amazing transgender women who also perform drag because they appreciate the artistry of drag. So let's talk about the artistry. So in order to be a great drag performer, there are elements that you have to be an expert at in order to be seen as being a drag great. 
Some of those elements are makeup. Is your makeup clean? Is it creative? Is it blended well? Are you expert in that? Your hair. Is your hair beautiful, clean, done well, creative? Is it not coming off in the middle of your performance? That is what makes a person who does great drag hair great. What about your costuming and your fashion? Is it fashion forward? Is it creative? Does it fit you well? Can you move in it? What what does do, are you giving a look? That's what's great drag fashion. Is it popping on stage under those spotlights? How consistent to, is this outfit to the character that you're playing? Because sometimes drag queens perform characters of celebrities and people. So if you're doing Dolly Parton, how does the fashion match Dolly Parton in real life? When you come out in your outfit, does it change to something else in the middle of the performance? That element of surprise. This is all what make drag performance in regards to their fashion and costuming amazing. Another common element of drag is people usually are lip singing their songs. Do you know your words, bitch? Do you know all the words? Are you delivering this lip sync for your life with passion? That is an important thing. If you up there on stage and you don't know your words and you're watermelon, 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 then I'm going to be like, girl, <laughs> you don't know, even know your words. That's not a good drag performer. A good drag performer knows her words and even knows her ad libs of a song. And can you dance? Do you got two left feet? Can you buck? Can you split? Can you kick? Can you vote? Can you do something that lets me know that you got some rhythm, that you can roll with the beat? Now, you don't have to have all of these elements because I know some bitches who can't dance, but they can stand there in a nasty costume and look beautiful. And that's enough. <laughs> and when you combine all these things, the makeup, the hair, the fashion, the music, it creates this stage presence. It creates this entity on stage. And also remember, it is a performance. So somebody taking up the space on the stage and really you know, being like a moth to a flame, captivating you and just demanding your attention while they're on stage. That is a performance. That is a great drag queen. And just like gay men, there are some trans women who are amazing at that. They put on the glitz and the glam and they are performing drag because of the artistry. And remember, while it's not as common as gay men and trans women doing drag, there are cisgender women and studs and lesbians who also do drag. They're just performing in an exaggerated man character instead of a, an exaggerated woman character. This is a career for some of these performers and they put in work in these performances. So make sure when you come out to a drag show, you have dollars five dollars ten dollars to be able to tip your performers because this is their livelihood and they are performing for you so bring your dollars so let's recap 
Being a drag queen is a entertainer. They do so many things to entertain you during their performance. Being a transgender person, this is their identity. They are transgender at home when they're alone, when they go to the mall, when they go to fly on the airplane, wherever they're going to go, they're going to be transgender. They don't take costumes and makeup and stuff off just for the sake of a just for the sake oh the performance is over no their identity is not a performance so you get the difference one is something you put on and is a uh, stage presence and one is their life their identity who they are so you can be a drag queen who just so happens to be trans but you also can be a drag queen that is not trans at all because drag is an art and being trans is the person. I hope this helped. This has been a Trans 101. Oh my God, I want to thank all of our new patrons this week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yay, 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 yay. So not only are you helping to sustain this particular podcast, you know... I also donate to other podcasts. I donate to other organizations. I have my finger on the post of the community. And I know a lot of grassroots organizations that are doing great work out here. So you're not only helping to sustain us, you're helping to sustain other people in a community. Because I put my money where my mouth is. You know, that's just the kind of bitch I am. Community is fuck. <laughs> so thank you. I really, really appreciate you. And if you have not become a patron, why have you not? You can donate as low as a dollar a month. It doesn't matter. Anything helps. Please. Do I have to play Sarah McLaughlin and show you puppies? Like, what do I have to do? Do I have to do resort to what the white people do to get you to give them money? <laughs> Alrighty. Anyway, thank y'all. And the Patreon and PayPal link is at the bottom. Back to the show. All right, all right, all right, y'all. This week I want to talk about Makala Highland, the 25-year-old black transgender woman who just received a settlement from Broome County in New York. Yes, yes, Broome County in New York. Just received a settlement, reportedly $160,000. She filed the lawsuit in 2022, and this was based on her experiences in Broome County detention. Under the settlement, the county is, is changing various policies. Also, due to not, not only did Makala get the 160K, Makala and her lawyers also made an agreement with the county for them to change and make certain stipulations with the county's attention. So these are some of the changes that they're going to be making. They're going to house people consistent with their gender identity or within a unit consistent with the sex designation the person in custody believes is safest for them. So essentially, they're going to allow people to choose their housing or they're going to consider people for housing in the detention center based on how they, how they identify as far as gender identity. 
They're going to conduct searches consistent with the person in custody's own view of what gender officer would be safest to perform the search. So they're giving trans people the opportunity to um, trans women the opportunity to only be searched by female guards and trans men the opportunity to only be searched by male guards. They're also going to ensure the staff. They're also going to ensure that the staff at the jail respect the person's gender identity in all contexts, including names and pronouns. They're not going to be able to slip up and misgender people. They're also going to ensure access to clothing and toiletry items consistent with a person's gender identity. And these gender affirming items include binders, wigs, and gas. For all who don't know, a binder is typically a garment worn by trans masculine people to help bind their breast tissue for a flatter chest appearance. A gas is a clothing item, a piece of underwear typically worn by trans femme people to help us tuck very tuck friendly. Broome County, additionally, their, their, their final change that they agreed to was to ensure access to medical care free from discrimination on the basis of sex, gender identity, gender expression, or sexual orientation, including access to medical care for treatment of gender dysphoria. So essentially, they're, they're going to have to, the nursing staff is going to have to assist with people's hormone replacement therapy, um, or any other gender affirming care they may have received um, before. For example, if you go in with, with implants, they're gonna have to provide you the proper medical care to, to maintain your implants in case you have a rupture or issue, because um, that has been a problem in the past. If anybody's familiar with Erica Lombin's story in New York, uh, one of her boob implants ruptured while she was being reportedly assaulted and reported, reportedly assaulted while in lockup. They came to this conclusion because Makala claimed that in the two months, January and February of 2021, she sustained various injuries. She was physically attacked during the intake process where she suffered multiple bruises, cuts, a broken tooth, and a lump on her head that caused migraine. She was never allowed to see a dentist or offer any treatment for the broken tooth at all and for the migraines and the lump on the back of her head due to being attacked at intake. She was offered nothing more than ibuprofen. She was assigned to the men's unit inside the Broome County Jail and she was placed in an isolated cell by herself with glass walls on all sides, visible to all of the men locked up she reportedly complains about this several times because one of the thing, one of the biggest things that us trans people have to deal with is being seen as a spectacle, being made a spectacle of. And this young woman was literally put in a glass cage. If that's not something that you see at a circus spectacle, I don't know what what you would see. You know, um, uh, all I can think about is America Horror Story. You know, the, the circus, all I can think about is American Horror Story, the circus season. And when there was a quote unquote freak show, people were very likely in glass. And in order to be preserved, they were put in glass jars. So, um, I mean, if, if you ask me, 
they were very much treating her like a zoo animal with that one. That that one very, very much affected my spirit. They also denied her access to the shower and the ability to leave the cell periods when everyone else was allowed to be out. So she was still on lockup while everybody else was allowed to be out. She was also in an isolated cell, keep in mind, during that period between January and February 2021. Then again, in June and July of 2021, she was strip searched by several men, forced to peel off her acrylic nails with no instruments, no tools, no, no assistance whatsoever. And she was, again, housed with the men she complained she informed them that she was trans multiple times nothing was done um she was also asked to remove her wig along with her acrylic nails no instruments no tools no assistance i mean this could result in losing your nail bibs and alopecia you know these these are big issues for a woman especially a woman who's been charged with a nonviolent crime and doesn't plan to be in jail long, you know, it, our looks matter. Let's not pretend they don't, especially in this superficial society. Makala also reported, Makala and her team also reported that medical providers denied her hormone replacement therapy medications for a month. They never provided her with testosterone blockers at all or antidepressants. And out of a 28-day period when they did give her estrogen, she was given one single estrogen injection throughout a 28-day period. For, for those who don't know, the average trans person who takes injectable hormone is either weekly or bi-weekly. It's not recommended to go longer than two weeks without an injection. And Hormone, hormone therapy regimens are very necessary to sustain because hormones not only affect you physically, but hormones have huge psychological side effects, which is why no trans person, I believe, should be prescribed hormone therapy without some type of psychiatric treatment. What do you think, Diamond? What, what do you think about about the the Makala case and and her winning her 160k from Broome County, New York. I'm always for the girls winning. I feel like um, they're. I think this pushes the envelope to better care for trans inmates, better care for inmates in general. I think we, um, when it comes to trans people in jail, we have always been at the arrowhead point of change when it comes to care for inmates when we think about d farmer um who was being raped and assaulted at the Terre Haute prison in indiana in the late 80s and how that her case even they they her case of suing that particular prison went up all the way to the supreme court and led to the priya act it led to the prison rape elimination act that protects all inmates, whether it be sister to women, sister to men, whoever is exposed to being raped in prison, like that act is literally um, saving lives and saving people from, I wanna say it's just stopping them, you get what I'm saying? But at least they have some legal recourse for to protect themselves in regards to if, you know, which is what was happening to D Farmer, 
if if you know if the if the prison officials just let it happen to you like you literally can sue you literally can have some legal recourse um and so the farmer is a case that's a perfect example because those cases snowballed into the violence against women act that um um that um biden put into place later on in the 90s and so this one trans woman being treated unfairly and being neglected and harmed, sexually harmed and physically harmed, led to the protections of all people. So this is another example of how if you protect and do what's right by the least of us, it protects the bigger, the, everybody else. And so mm. this is this is what I'm talking about when we when we when I say we have been in this thing, we have been doing the things that that um, puts us directly um bucking up against the system and it helps the rest of us it helps everybody else what i worry about and i want you to um i want you to chime in on your opinion when i explain this um recently you know i'm a i'm a beloved community member so you know sometimes people slide in my dms when they have a problem and you know and sometimes it's people that have either maybe celebrities they may be um um key figures in community and this and you know i'm not to you know to blow my own head up but you know we we have we are listened to all around the globe and so a couple of months ago a girl from britain slid in my dms and said oh my god i love what you do i've been following you for this long blah 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 blah, blah. do you know who i am and i was like no because this particular person, their name didn't match what I, I knew their case, but I didn't know who they were. And mm -hmm. she basically is the girl in this position, like this girl is who just won this money. She is the girl in Britain, her case, like this girl in America, her case led to Britain saying trans women have to be housed in the women's facility, like her case her harm um, led to them in their country being progressive and saying hey we need to house people based on their gender identity this mm -hmm. was a progressive thing they wanted and she was that but let me tell you the backfire which is what i'm worried about the girl that you're talking about mm -hmm. the backfire is and i think it's annoying because trans people has been speaking to uh, speaking in ways to avoid this many, many times. So there was a assigned male at birth person who was a fucking predator before, before, before he was even in jail, mm -hmm. who was per who transitioned after his criminality to go to the women's dorm and caught two rape cases in the women's prison. I'm familiar with that case. Yeah, exactly. So this is Isla. Um, the the original name was um, Adam Graham, but they transitioned to um, Isla Isla Bronson and Bryson, who is 31. Um, they were found guilty of two counts of incidents of rape, one in 2016 and one 2019. Following a trial, um, they were held at a women's prison. But then after this trial, bitch, they said, you got it fucked up. And they sent him back to um, a men's prison. And so because this happened, the girl who slid in my DMs, who, who was, a, was a plaintiff in the case that 
gave trans women rights, she says that her whole community, the LGBT community, turned against her because they said, you are the reason why that this was even this even was potentially happened because mm. they because of your case now we have to explain this fake ass trans person mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. going and doing this but if anybody has followed marcia's play or followed me for as long as i've been talking about trans people in prison i have stood on my laurel i have stood on my opinion about trans people going to their gender identity to, to, to prisons that are based first of all I don't, I, want, I don't want prisons to exist so let me start there but i have said multiple times if they're going to exist when it comes to trans people yes trans people should go to the to the <laughs> to the prison that aligns with their gender identity if they were trans when they and and living their truth when they committed the crime Mm -hmm. I am not someone who feels like some nigga can say, oh, I'm a trans person after they done been lived like some husband. And that that, that they tried to do that here in, in the United States. Some dude was married to a woman, killed his wife, and then tried to transition while in prison to go to a women's prison. No, you mm -hmm. stay in the men's prison because you was a man on the out. Stay in there. They I feel like that should be a rule. They they actually did um they actually did transition and stayed trans until their execution. They were executed and there were trans people out there uh protesting their execution. Yeah. I'm one of the people that don't fuck with that. I feel like if you were not trans on the out when you was doing your dirt, no. You, this is just when you commit the crime, that's just what you gotta stick with. Yeah. Do I think somebody may be trans and they just didn't get to transition and no i do I, maybe that's possible but no you don't get the right to transition unfortunately i don't agree with that because to for this moment just like this islam bryson just like that situation in britain for this reason motherfuckers will try to lie and pretend to be trans when you're not fucking trans to just be in a prison with women and i don't i feel like that that's too much of a high risk of somebody else being harmed if you've already been a criminal no fuck that you want to completely i completely get get where you're going i i think i think you're saying a lot whether whether you realize you're saying it or not um i think you're definitely making the point that when you get locked up and you go to prison the whole idea is to lose your freedom and one of our freedoms in this country unfortunately it's a fact one of the freedoms that we've been granted in this country, which is not granted all over the world, is our ability to transition. And express ourselves. That's a part and, of our freedom of speech and expression. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a part of our, exactly, exactly. And, you know, like many other rights you lose when you go to prison, you should lose that right. However, when you got locked up, if you were already a trans woman, then you're not losing that right that was already you when you got locked up you know you're just maintaining an identity at that point if you're a trans man same thing um but if you re recognize your transness while you're a criminal in a men's facility or while you're a criminal in a female's facility 
Yeah, I agree with you. My question to you, though, you know, I got to play devil's advocate. My question to you, though, is do you feel it, it should be the same vice versa? You know, there are rare instances that keep reminding us of these rare instances where people detransition, right? So if you go into prison trans, should you be allowed to detransition or, or are you just forced to stay where you're at? I'm also one of them people. That's when I would have to talk about what what kind of body parts you got, baby. Mm, mm. I think I I feel like you know what what have you done? What what have you physically done? And you know that I think all of in the circumstances of prison and safety and considering these things, you have to show that this is, that this is your serious self, and it has to be something that. You have to be like if you transition and you stay in a men's prison and you get your sex change in the men's prison and then you transition, I might even agree with that. Like you transition to the women's prison after you don't got your sex change. Then let me know that you're serious about it. <laughs> you see what and I'm saying? Let, and that, and that, lets, that also lets the, the bigger society know because realistically we live in a fallacy driven um, patriarchal mm -hmm. society. So that allows the bigger society to know, that allows the state and the county to know that you're not attempting to transition just to be predatory with your penis. Yeah, that, or I, it's, it is a complicated scenario, but I just feel like you don't get to make that decision no more, baby. You don't get to make that decision no more once you are under the state's custody. I That's agree. I is. agree. I agree. I, I disagree a bit as far as the detransition. And I, I feel like, like you said, if if that's going to be the case, if, if that does become the law, you know, your identity when you got locked up is your identity, how you're going to be housed. I don't think because realistically, I don't I don't think people should be allowed to detransition. And real realistically, I mean, while you know, they're in prison. While they're in prison. Now, if you decide that you want to walk around with triple D titties and call yourself a man um, while you in women's housing or while you in queer housing or whatever, then that's your business. If you want to decide to stop taking these hormones, that's your business. However, we will not aid and assist in you having any surgeries, medical procedures or assistance to detransition because you've lost that right if everybody lost that right you've lost that right too ain't no option and and another thing i'm you know i'm not 100 familiar with how prisons exactly work but from people who i know who have been to prison isn't there different like um units where like you know like when people got hiv like they are in a particular unit they put them all in one unit like i've heard that that was something like a medical unit I've heard yeah, that that's can. that's something that that happens. Why can't there be a unit for gender diverse people? In a lot of in a lot of prisons, there there are, and I never gave my opinion on this. I was I was curious of yours first because um, mine has still been forming. My opinion has still been forming. Right now, where I'm at with it, I I don't feel like. We need to be focused on um, putting trans women in all women housing or putting trans men in all male housing. Um, and I think an another point that is missing is the trans man perspective. You know, they, they keep thinking about the housing regarding trans women, but 
think about housing trans men in an all male all male prison. You you are setting them up to be the rape target of the year. Like it's bad enough that those guys really don't care about you know sexuality. It's bad enough that sexuality goes out of the window and urges and impulse and power becomes a bigger thing. But imagine you give them the option of vagina. Yeah, that's gonna yeah, that's that, scary. Yeah, that's very scary. I think personally that um and being a trans woman who you know doesn't have a spotless record, being a trans woman who has done criminal things for survival. Um I honestly think that we should be concerned right now. The movement right now should be to create specialty housing within facilities, just like they have medical war wars and units. They should prioritizing having gender variant and sexual variant wards and units. Um, and you know, y'all lump us together. Anyway, you know, put you could put all the LGBTQs in, in there together if you want. You know what I mean? If it if it works, you know. But um we can experiment. <laughs> we we can experiment with it, but that's that's how I feel. Um I, I don't I think that we should be focused on queer housing and housing people um based on transness and things like that, just like they have protected protected custody and medical and, and all of those things. That's that's what I think. That's how I feel. But the question is, what do y'all think? What, what do y'all feel? How do y'all feel about these new changes in Broome County? How do y'all feel about Makayla Highland winning her 160K? Do you think it should have been more? Do you think it should have been less? Let us know. Hashtag Marsha's Plate. Girl. What's going on? What is going on with the boxing? You know, you is my you is my connection to when I when I get on TikTok, I I watch you, I watch your videos because you're gonna give me the tea on what's happening in the boxing because I'm not in the boxing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna I'm I'm looking for your expertise. And I just came across this video today. <laughs> And I need your expertise. I need you to explain this to me because it may be something that I don't understand because I'm not in the scene. But it's the big scene, honey. It's the most. It is a big ball scene, and I. It's the most tackiest shit that I've ever seen in my life. One, definitely. So there's a video recent coming from this weekend of a ball that happened. When I play the video, I am seeing black men. I'm, it's, it looks like a regular ball. You got the commentator. I hear a little bit of singing. It sounds like they singing some church slave songs. <laughs> There's a leak in this old building. Yeah, that's no, right. I got to move. Very likely a Clark shared situation. <laughs> <laughs> Something. And so... But then as I'm paying attention, because I'm seeing, you know, I, I you know, I may not be in the ball scene, but I'm I've been in the ball sphere enough to know what's going on when I look at a video. Right. I see the crowd, I see people walking up to their categories, getting their tens. And as I'm looking at these people, I'm seeing 
chains. I'm seeing people in chains like they slaves. Apparently, the category for this particular um, effect, I think that's what it's called, this effect for this particular category was to bring it as a slave. And I said, this is the most tired, tacky shit that I've ever seen. So I did some research and said, hey, who send me the flyer? Let me send me the details of what this category called because I know who approved this. I know somebody did not say after all that we've been through in these past 10, this decade, when it comes to the white awakening after Black Lives Matter, after George Floyd, we are not as a black queer people. Because ball scene is ours. I know they didn't expand it and they got it big, but as black queer people, not calling motherfuckers to be slaves. I just didn't understand it. So I asked somebody to send me the details of the category. So let's read the, the category of what, what we're so, supposed to bring. It's supposed to be two trophies and one cash prize. So this category is thug realness. Before I go into the description, can you describe what thug realness category generally is? Yes, butch queen thug realness. No, I'm sorry. Correction. Thug realness. It used to be butch queen thug realness. Now it's open to trans masculine individuals as well. So it's not specific to butch queens, but butch queen thug realness, basically a competition for male identifying individuals to walk and compete on who is the most, not only cis hetero passing but also able to pass for someone who you be- definitely believe without a doubt would steal your wallet <laughs> thug 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 realness thug okay so first of all y'all know one of my issues with um ball- the ballroom scene is that a lot of the shit that happens in the ballroom scene is rooted in anti-blackness and colorism. A lot of problematic shit, yo. I did, I just got to keep it real. Um, and I think this is one of them. <laughs> but okay, thug realness. So we just, Bree just gave you the des- description of what thug realness is. So this is what the effect, now when we talk about effect, um, think of it as like, the theme of that thug realness. What do you, so let's say that the theme was thug realness, but the effect was something like the Wizard of Oz. And I said, bring it as a hood tin man. That would be the effect. The theme would be Wizard of Oz. Say the whole ball was theme was Wizard of Oz. But I say, okay, bring it as a thug tin man. And so everybody who is, who is walking the category of thug realness would bring it in the effect of a thug looking tin man. Okay, however they interpret it. So that's what the effect that it is. Am I correct? Okay. So yes, yes you are you are absolutely correct. That was a great analogy, by the way. Yeah. So this is the effect that this particular video, as a matter of fact, I'm gonna play the video right here. Boom. So that's the video. This is the effect that they called for in this category at this ball. Now, I have to I have to say that when I seen the video, I was pissed. But with the d- description, 
I am no longer pissed at the people who threw the ball. Let's read the description. Thug realness, two trophies, one cash prize. Virginia's history, like the U.S., wears the ugly stain of slavery. In 1619, the first African arrived and were traded for supplies. While slavery was abolished almost 25 years, 250 years later, the systematic racism that is a byproduct of it still impacts us today. However, that doesn't minimize the contributions of our enslaved ancestors that provided that they provided to the world that we live in, nor is a reason we shouldn't discuss their existence with pride and gratitude. Pay homage to our enslaved ancestors with a creative look. Virginia is for lovers of thug realness. And so with that description, to me, I feel like when they say be creative and, and come to pay homage to your ancestors, nigga, I want you to look like Frederick Douglass. I want you to look like Nat Turner. I want you to look like Gabriel Proctor. I want you to look like Denmark Vesey. I want you to look like these people who we know were slaves, but they were dignified. I want I want you to look like motherfucking Django on that motherfucking Snee, on that Steve. I mean, I, no harm, honey. I, I would settle for a Marcus Garvey. A Marcus Garvey. Give me something that is paying homage to them. I don't want you looking like Kunta Kinte. Not that not that, you know, somebody that, that's a fake character, but say somebody was real. I, it's not that they, like they said, it's not that we should be looking at those people with pride and respect, but I'm not expecting you to everybody to come in some fucking chains and some cut off jeans and a dirty shirt. And it looked like some motherfucking hay is on the ground. Did they put some hay on the ground in the video? Baby, honey, I think that they was throwing um, hay and dirt on the ground as the children was walking. Fertilizer, child. Honey, the ballroom. What's your thoughts? The ballroom scene is very much giving me. The the ballroom scene, of course. Jeez. So many many thoughts at once, Diamond, honey. But the first thought that comes to my mind, honey, is they are very much giving my name is Toby. It ain't no Kuntas. Fake or real, it ain't no Kuntas. It won't no Frederick Douglass's dad. It won't no Denmark VCs. It won't no... Them, them niggas wasn't in the building. It honey. was nothing but niggas in the building. It was nothing <laughs> but niggas in the building, honey. Baby, I, I, mm, so many, so many thoughts. I'm still processing. I came across this story. It came across my desk earlier as well, honey. I'm. All I can really say is here lately. Um, I have been expressing in my content about how there are various ballroom entities, legendary and iconic ballroom entities that are attempting to stifle my voice. They they don't want me talking about ballroom. There are ballroom insiders that don't want me talking about ballroom. There are people who I came into ballroom at the same time as and don't want me to talk about ballroom. Um, I can only make assumptions. I'm assuming that it's because 
at one point I deserted ballroom to pursue my education and, and pursue my career. However, I didn't leave ballroom behind. And if that's the case, I want them to consider all the people who they praise who get degrees and leave ballroom behind. You know, I, I'm attempting to make my status, make my name in psychology internationally, and I'm attempting to bring ballroom with me. With that being said, I feel like this, these in chains, oh my Lord, they really was wearing chains and shackles on stage. All up, very much given slave auction. I'm sad to see it. I'm flabbergasted. I I really don't know what to say. I'm still processing it. But I think that this coup, this foolishness is a testament to why girls like me should be welcomed into ballroom and not be attempted to be exiled from it. It's nothing sacred anymore. <laughs> there has to be and I don't know I it, it, it's, it's in that weird ass respectability of politics but I feel like I, I feel like we should be past this where oh no and it was multiple people who took that interpretation like to come as this this form of a slave I I would not have interpreted that description like that it felt it like nobody thought outside of the box. First of all, how creative is that? Notice, did you also did you also notice that um there seemed to be only dark skinned men walking? Yeah. Typic typically in any realness category in ballroom, uh, you're going to see um black, white, and typically brown, right? Uh-huh. Even when you see black, you know, we come in varieties. Me and you, um, for example, are completely two different colors. Yeah. Only black, only dark skinned children were walking. I got a little whisper in my ear that the houses who sent their children up there in chains thought that they were paying homage to dark skinned men by getting the dark skinned men in their house to walk up there in chains. For the people. For the- <laughs> what? <laughs> What for the, the fuck? For the ballroom kids in the back of the class who's not catching up with the fast bus. To me, that you might as well have sent your white or your Hispanic children out there in blackface. With a whip. <laughs> or, or with a whip or something. <laughs> really cracking the whip behind to, re- to really turn it. To really turn it high and then, and then play the theme song of Roots in the background. Or play lift, lift every voice and sing. <laughs> that is the level of ridiculous that it was all on. <laughs> it, was not, it was not only ridiculous, but it was disrespectful and it made ballroom look incredibly dumb. Dumb, tacky, weird. It's like nobody looked at this and said that this was weird like i would have looked at them like what the fuck is happening what the fuck is happening right now that would have been if i was in the audience i would have been like what the fuck is happening right now this is so weird definitely I, if i'm on the judges panel i'm glad that you brought it up diamond because honey i'm supposed to be talking about it again and my brain is still trying to absorb it uh so 
we will put video on our marches plate instagram so y'all can see it for yourselves and y'all tell us what y'all think do y'all think that that was tacky like if you are in the ball scene and you like to watch balls or whatever do y'all think that that was tacky um well how would with the description that i read the category with the effect that they were supposed to bring how would you have interpreted <laughs> what do you think the action of people who are like of people who are the spectators what do you think they should have did in this scenario when you see blatant tacky disrespect of your ancestry what do you do what would you do i just got so many questions i don't understand it tell me what y'all think hashtag marcia's play Gimme, give gimme, give gimme give euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme euphoria, more than peace of mind. It's the joy in space to change the tide. Gimme, gimme, gimme you a feeling and the high can never come down from. So, Bree, what has been bringing you euphoria this week? Oh, I'm such a typical trans whore, honey. Dick. <laughs> oh, no, 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 not dick. Sex in general, honey. You know I'm pansexual. You know, you know, um, I like I like all of the genitalia, um, <laughs> all of the options, baby. Um, but no, sex, sex in general, as I told you, you know, I've been dating, you know, um, yeah, um, there's there's somebody in particular, you know, and you know, sex sex happens, and it's been a long time coming, and um, I'm I'm excited about potentially having a healthy sex life, you know, not having to thought and bop, but actually being able to explore my own sexuality with someone who I'm comfortable with. Mm. So that's bringing me joy this week, honey. Busting a nut and feeling like it's a safe space. I know that's mine. <laughs> What's bringing you joy, Diamond? Oh, God. So I have a new niece. What? I have a, my, my middle brother just had our second girl in our branch. So what's been kind of weird is... Um, we've been having a bunch of boys like <laughs> like uh my mom technically had three boys um my little my little brother my youngest brother that i got custody of when i was um a little bit older um he had he has two boys right now um my young my middle brother before this girl had two boys and one girl so we only had i only had one niece her name was majesty um, and we didn't find out about her till she was older. Like we didn't know that she existed. He didn't know that she existed. <laughs> so that's a funny story. I'll tell it real quick. So since we got a little time. So he see, he hooked up with this girl, just a hookup. <laughs> just a hookup that they both understood. This is a hookup. We both having fun. Blah, 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 blah. She gets pregnant. It was like a one night stand situation. She gets pregnant. Fast forward five years later, he sees her at a at a um grocery store, and he's talking to her like, "Oh damn, baby girl, where you been?" Just talking to her, and next thing you know, this little girl come around the corner. 
her little girl. And he looks at the little girl and say, whoa, why does this little girl got my face? <laughs> and he says to her, how old is she? And she was like, oh, she's about five. And he was like, um, could that be my baby? Yeah, she was. But tell me, honey. And, and Miss Thing said, look, it could be, but I was fucking a lot of niggas during that time. <laughs> I was fucking a lot of folks during that time. And I didn't even want to go through the drama of telling, you know, figuring it out. I know she was mine. So I just went ahead and took care of my baby how I took care of my baby. Cause you know, I don't want to go be going through dudes and talking and uh, uh -huh. I just didn't want to do that. I didn't want to deal with that shit. So I just took care of my baby. I knew she was mine regardless. And so, and so my brother <laughs> So my brother, being the upstanding guy he is, he says, Well, I don't want none of my children or somebody who could possibly be my children running around and not having a connection to their father and she looks like me like she, it's not it's it would be different if she ran around she don't look nothing like me or whatever but i'm literally just seeing you five years later at the grocery store and i'm looking at this little girl face and she looks like me and my other children so i rather us go get a paternity test and see if this is my daughter and i like to take care of my children so let's go get this paternity test and they went and got a paternity test, and she was his. And he's been taking care of her ever since. And yeah. they they have been um, building their relationship. And she's 11 now. And so she was the only girl for a long time. And now he just had another girl with his wife. And so now she's the second little baby princess. So my niece, my new niece, Imani, is coming has just entered the world and yes i'm excited she's been he, the joy is him sending me pictures of her and she's so cute <laughs> I, love to see it. I love to see it and i love to hear it <clears throat> so y'all tell us what has been bringing y'all euphoria hashtag marcia plate and i think we do the show <laughs> 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 so we will see y'all next week. See you. Bye. Bye, Bye well, that's it. Thank you for coming and getting a taste of Marsha's Plate. You can listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Make sure you leave a review because we really need those five stars, y'all. And go like our Facebook page and leave some comments. We will be posting exclusive content every Thursday, so you definitely don't want to miss out. You can also follow us on Twitter and any other social media site at Marsha's Plate. If you'd like to donate or advertise with us, hit us up at diamondstyles at gmail.com. That's diamondstylz at gmail.com. And that's it for us, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye. You going to say bye, Mia? Oh, bye, y'all. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> Every little thing's going to be all right.